Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome to Episode 8 of Paranormal Heart. I'm your host, Kat Ward. Before I get to my next guest, I'd like to tell you where you can find the show first. You can find me on Podbean, YouTube under Paranormal Heart, as well as Conflict Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I'm now happy to say you can find me on Black Swamp Digital Radio every Saturday at 8 p.m. So folks, my next guest is an expert in high-stakes safety decisions. He's an author, consultant, researcher, host of the Safety Doc podcast, university instructor, expert legal witness, and a critical incident debriefer with the Sheriff's Department. He focuses on removing the rhetoric from mainstream news and helps people understand how to be safer in their environment. His recent work focuses on making threat input systems more accessible to youth with special needs. And I'm very, very honored to say that he is going to be sharing a story that has never been told before, and I'm really looking forward to that. So please help me welcome Dr. David Perodin. Hey, David, thank you so very much for joining me. Kat, it is my honor to be a guest on the Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited because, like I mentioned in the intro, you've never told the story before. I haven't, um, and it's it's weird for me to tell this story because um, I'm very empirical. I'm scientific, mm-hmm. and this doesn't seem like it should make sense, but it was definitely something that I experienced, so it's authentic, and um, I, I want to share it with your listeners. And I'm eager for you to share it with us as well. Before we get into the story, get you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then we can jump into your story. Sure. Um, so I am a, a researcher and primarily focus on safety, school safety, community safety, uh, work with different corporations and school districts on making sure that the user interface for safety systems is accessible to as many people and as many kids as possible. Um, obtained my PhD from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in educational leadership and policy analysis back in 2016. Um, and I've, I presented on uh, public television after the Sandy Hook um, school massacre in 2012. I uh, did a presentation on school safety for the nation. So that's kind of you know where I've centered a lot of my work has been in, in uh, school safety and looking at safety operations in general. Right. Sounds very, very like, like you're a very busy man. Um, yeah, there, there's there's a lot happening, you know, obviously in the safety world in, in different realms. I, I talk about agency and purpose, personal safety, and then actual, you know, physical safety, how to stay safe in, in buildings and different situations and during hurricanes and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to, I haven't listened to every episode, but I have listened to some of them. And I, th- I think my favorite so far is the uh, first responder. 
Oh yeah, that's um, and that's one of my my favorite ones too. I, I thought that was that was a great discussion. I found it very informative because it's not it didn't only gear towards um, first uh, first responders who who that's their their job, but just everyday people like myself. If you happen upon a scene, you know what are you going to do? And, and Kat, I'm actually going to do another show with. Uh, with Justin, who who was my guest on that show, so we're nice. planning it out right now. So oh, yeah, good. It's, that's looking exciting. forward to it. <laughs> Great. Okay, so let's talk about your experience. All right. So um, it was June of 2016, and I I, I remember um, so that this sunny, warm day in Wisconsin, and I had an early afternoon appointment to submit my final PhD dissertation paperwork. So I had defended my dissertation. I was feeling great. And when it's all done, you have to take your final print copy and then also like a thumb drive copy up to, it's called Bascom Hall, or it's the administration building at UW-Madison in Wisconsin. So UW-Madison, you know, it's a big campus, like 40,000 students attend there. And Bascom Hall was built in 1857. So it's kind of this Roman Gothic looking building. Um, and it was on top of an Indian effigy mound. So they just leveled this mound <laughs> and, and they put this building on top of it. And actually there was a panther shaped mound in front of this, this building. So it's on this hill. And then they leveled that off to aesthetically to make the hill look more appealing. Of course, ridiculous today to do something like that. But, right. you know, we're talking back in 1857. Um, so, yeah, so there's a, this, this campus. So UW-Madison has over 40 effigy sites on the campus. So it's the most of any campus in the world. That's a lot. And a lot of, yeah, it's, it's and I didn't know that when I was there. I, I mean, I knew there were some that were marked until I really did the research and, and realized every day when I was going to class, I was walking past, you know, like a huge effigy mound. <laughs> I never recognized it. And, you know, how many burials are in there and, and, and whatever. Um, and a lot of people don't even know these questions, these, these answers to the questions today. But, um, you know, it's, it's been um, it's been a hotspot for paranormal activities, what I've learned. And I never, you know, I, I, I didn't think about that. I didn't know about that when I came into this situation. So anyway, I get the dissertation defendant and I, I need to go up to Bascom Hall. Again, this, this are one of the original buildings, 1857, on top of this hill and, and on top of this Indian mound, which was leveled off. Um, and very, very bizarre experience. So um, anyway, Bascom Bascom Hill, which sits in front of Bascom Hall. So you think of, you, you you have this building on top of a hill, and then if you look out the front of the building, you're looking out on a huge green slope that goes down to a road. It's maybe like 300 feet. So it's pretty pretty scenic. Um, and there was construction that was done in around 1918 in front of Bascom um, Hall, this, this big building, and they dug up two bodies. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Um, and, and they found out that they were uh, the graves of Samuel Warren, um, who was killed by lightning in 1838, and then W, I think William Nelson, who died in 1837 of typhoid. And actually, they found the headstones, they had kind of collapsed in. Um, and, and the reason for that was the hill was uh, one of the first cemeteries in Madison, Wisconsin. So that was discovered. And they relocated other bodies, but you know, 
these things I think are pretty iffy. Like if you don't know where the bodies really are, right. and and it's a mix of of Native American bodies and 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 white settlers, I'm, I'm guessing there's still quite a few bodies on the hill. These things wouldn't be logged like they are today. No, no. So they they actually reinterred these two bodies and then they put markers. And people don't know that these mark they're there. They're small brass markers indicating that the the two men have been reinterred um, in front of the building. Um, and then you know just a little more history on on the 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 building itself. It had a dome, and the dome caught fire on October tenth, nineteen sixteen. And it actually collapsed into like this bit, this big pool of water, which was inside that they used to provide water on campus at that right. time. Um, and it, it extinguished itself, but they never knew the cause of it. So just kind of some strange history of the, of the building and the site. So I think we can we can identify that, yeah, there's some things that are really charged about this location in history. Um, so I, I had some, you know, here's the things I want to talk about that. I encountered that day in June. So I felt great, Kat. Like I felt like a million dollars. I had completed the PhD. I'm going on this last step to deliver it. Um, so every everything was going really well. And and again, the, it was a clear day. It was sunny. Um, nothing, I had no indication that what I'm going to share with you was was about to transpire. I didn't have any like premonition, any weird feeling walking right. toward the building or anything like that. So, um, so a few things that I experienced, and, and I'll get into these in detail, is it altered time, um, meaning that once I entered the building, it was as if I was stepping back in time. And I'll give some very specific examples of that. Um, I had I had struggles um, almost immediately, like ten feet into this building. Um, orienting to my surroundings. Now, I guess I need to preface this by saying the building was undergoing a pretty massive internal renovation at this time. Um, so they had changed up pathways and, and blocked off things and whatever. But I think that's only part of this. Um, you know, like that's, there, I think that might have caused um, the building to become very unsettled from a spiritual Agreed. standpoint. Yes. Um, so I had, I had confusion with navigating the building and I had been in the building before, so it should have been a cinch. I should have been able to find my way around. Um, I had confusion exiting the building. I actually left out a fire escape, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it, and it wasn't one of those where you press it and it sounds or anything like that. It was just like a door that opened. And then, um, I mean, the whole thing was just bizarre. And then I had an unaccounted passage of time. So when I entered the building was probably, I'm guessing, two o'clock-ish in the afternoon. When we're talking June, so it would stay sunny until probably between 8 and 8.30 easily in Wisconsin. And I didn't get back to my car, which was about a 15-minute walk away, um, until dusk. So this whole process should have taken maybe 90 minutes at most. So I have a, a... I should have been out of there by maybe three, four o'clock. And it was really probably closer to, to seven o'clock by the time I got to my car. And I have no I have no way to account for this time. I didn't stop anywhere. I've walked this the same route, you know, hundreds of times. Um, so bizarre. So here's here's what unfolded. So I walk into the building and immediately I it's I can 
you know, see everything's being renovated. They have up um, plywood walls that really got narrow. Like, you know, um, the, the plastic sheeting was kind of everywhere. Very limited directions, too. Right. Like, um, no signage saying, like, go this way or go that way. Um, and even right there from a safety standpoint. So, you know, I've done my my doctoral dissertation in safety and it's 2016, um, it was very obvious that, I mean, the necessary markers for like exit and things like that, all of that was missing. Hmm. Um, nothing was there. I mean, and, and there was like nobody around um, to, to even ask questions. So uh, immediately I get into this. I did my dissertation actually on high stakes safety decisions across military, healthcare, um, education. So, and I'm a, you know, trained firefighter. So I get into this building and I'm like, boy, this isn't safe at all. Like, <laughs> if, if, um, you know, fires started right now, yeah, uh, how do you this, get out? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it would spread, you know, really rapidly. I don't know how to get out or anything else happen. Um, so, you know, this is where I start to encounter a smell of warm wood, not not burning wood, just like warm wood and not firewood, <laughs> you know, just just as if, uh, you know, regular wood, kind of like old wood is, is just being warmed, like maybe in front of a fireplace or something. And, right. and I could just smell this, this wood. And again, um, it, that was unsettling to me because I'm like, oh, this is a wood frame building, you know, from <laughs> yeah. 170 years ago. And it's already burned once and and here I'm smelling not smoke but I'm smelling like warm wood in June um, so I, I I'm getting this sensory overload and I'm feeling very uh, disoriented I mean the the this uh, my level of disorientation I guess if that's a word um, it was astounding I mean I I had no idea literally where I was which way to turn um, everything kind of had this thick dust, this thick haze. Any light that came in, um, you could see like the particles, whether it would be dust or whether it would be sawdust or I, it was just like surreal. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm looking around and I'm walking past tools and I'm not walking past like um, electric drills and, and, you know, stuff that we would recognize Today, I'm walking past like hand planes and hand saws and stuff like that. And it's all kind of out in the open. It's been, you know, it's, it's set there by, I assume, like the workers who I never saw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing work being done on the building and uh, I never I never see anybody. But I'm looking at these tools and I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe they're doing this to keep it authentic or maybe they have to do this because then it, if you don't use these type of tools, it doesn't match up to the original whatever. But I kind of, I mean, looking back now, I, I kind of dismissed that pretty fast of saying, well, that that's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> they're not, they're paying the, you know, the laborers to get the, the job done and they're not going to use, you know, these ancient tools that, I mean, these 170 year old tools that would have been used to build the building. So it would take so forever seeing, to do the renovations too with those old tools. Yeah. So I, I and, and the fact that they're out there, like I could have taken these things and the more I'm into the billing, like the less I'm I, I, in connection with anything that I recognize. And even like the 
the you know plastic sheeting starts to give way to just like you know boarded up doors and things like that of you know you can't get in this way i couldn't go up the stairway that was completely blocked off um i, I had no idea where the elevator was so i'm on the first floor and i, I have to get i think to the second floor it might have been third floor and i had to i had an appointment so i'm kind of getting nervous because like there was a time scheduled i needed to be up and meet with this person who basically would check me out of the the program i you know would make sure everything was formatted correctly i had done everything i needed to do and say okay you know you're all set so i'm i'm, I'm getting nervous and again I'm, I'm looking around me and it is as if this renovation is occurring like in 1898 <laughs> and i say that because the building was renovated the interior of the building was renovated in 1898 and um when i'm there you know in 2016 and i and i don't i don't know what this is called if this is if this is like going through hypothetically a portal or if it's like a past experience infringing on current life but i i would say it was much more 1898 by far than it was 2016. Does that make any sense? Yeah, to me, because you had the the smells and everything, it's almost like you were you were actually there. Well, here's another part that that comes in. Um, a man comes out who is he's formally dressed, and I don't know where he he comes out of. And appro he approaches me, and he's. He's exuberant. He's very excited and, and I mean, very positive and reminds me um, of like a train conductor on, on the old movies when you'd see a train conductor or even like, you know, the kids movie, The Polar Express or something right. like that. He, he, yeah, kind of was dressed. Now, again, we're talking June um, and it's, you know, it's warm outside. And, and so he's not wearing a polo shirt or anything like that. He's formally dressed and that's another part that threw me because it was more of you know like what you would see you know again probably in like an 1898 right um had you you ever seen any sorry had you ever seen anyone else dressed in that kind of garb or was he the only one he was the he was the only one um and yeah he 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 approached me um he had this big smile but i i remember um, I'm like, wow, this is like, you, you don't seem to fit here. <laughs> and also kind of the mannerisms, um, how should I say, um, just this, uh, this, this cordial exchange that we, we had seemed a little misplaced. Um, I remember we didn't talk about anything that was modern. Um, he was talking to me a little bit and he said, um, I imagine you're lost. And I said, yeah, I'm trying to get up to second floor. And he said, um, I can I can help you. And so he goes with me to an elevator, which is behind this, this kind of, I think it was either sheeted off by plastic or by like a tarp or something like that. And so we get into this elevator. So then the, the tarp kind of pull, he pulls it back and we go in and then like it goes back. So I'm like, that just seemed weird too. And we get in this elevator and he's, he's striking up some conversation with me. And, uh, he says, yeah, today's my last day here. And then I'm moving South. 
and I remember this discussion and, and I'm like, Oh, and, um, didn't say where he was going. Just had said that. Um, but if I, if I take him in isolation, I mean, he could have easily been, um, you know, put in a picture, uh, again, that was from an earlier, a much earlier time. I mean, I, and, and he would have fit. Um, and again, I, I'm thinking this whole discussion that we we had was more. It, w- it was just really weird. Um, I have I, I I don't know. I mean, we got up the second floor. The door opens, and I walk out into the hallway. And it's kind of similar to the first floor. I don't really know where things are at. And I said, "Oh, I, I'm, I'm you know I have to find whatever room." And he said, "Well, it's just down the hall." Like that's where the room is. So I start to walk, and he he stops me. He said, "Well, you're not. You won't find it unless I take you there." I'm thinking, "Well, this huh. really like." <laughs> I mean, okay, I I guess. I mean, it's not as involved as the first floor, but again, it has this really weird feel to it. And he takes me to this this door, and um, the top. So it, it's it's a door where it splits horizontally in the middle. And um, the top of the door opens inward, and then there's a lady who I have this appointment with. I don't know who she is. I mean, I had made the appointment, and then she asked me if I was David, and I said yes. And I, I turned to thank this man for helping me to get there, and he's gone. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I can see, you know, 25 feet in any direction, and... I don't know where this guy went. I didn't hear him walk away. I mean, um, I, I, de- I looked to where the elevator, you know, was where we had walked. I didn't see any indication he had gone that way. So this formal man who who is there and then he's not there, really bizarre. And it's like the lady didn't even recognize that he was there. Like, it's not that she looked out and saw him and, I didn't say anything like who was this <laughs> was this guy but um so it was it was so strange um so i go in to meet with this this lady in this very small room and the only thing that that is modern in this room is this huge computer monitor and then um i give her my and it has like, you know, green, green walls. It was really a weird thing too. We're sitting in wooden chairs and she's also very, very happy and like over the top kind of excited that I'm there. Um, and I, and she said, well, you've made your appointment and, and things like that. And so I knew like from a time point, like at that, I was on time, like right there, like right. I apparently was. And, and this was supposed to be a pretty detailed process. Like you, I did a lot of work ahead of time required by the university. It was supposed to be an exit interview and there were a lot of things you were supposed to go through. And, and she brought up my dissertation on this big monitor and we're both like squeezed um, into this little room in these chairs looking at my dissertation. And she scrolls through some pages and she says, yeah, you're, this looks great. Like you're formatting. Um, so, you know, she signed something and said, you're all set. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Just like that. Um, I'm like, oh, um, okay. Um, I was expecting 
you know, that this would be different, but um, that was fine. So I left the, I, I left the room and, um, and walked out and I, I couldn't find this, this elevator like that I came up on, like I'm kind of pulling back, you know, tarps and sheets and things. And I, I there's, I, I have no idea. I, the stairs is blocked off. Um, and then I just remember going to the end of the opposite hallway and there was a door there um, and I opened it and it led to a fire escape. <laughs> I was like, well, on the other side of the building, like, so it would have been quite a distance to from like where at the point I actually came in to where this fire escape was. I don't remember traversing that much distance in the building, like at, at all. Right. And then you know, there isn't any uh, alarm, like the modern things where you, it says, press this and alarm will sound. It was just a door. Huh. And, um, you know, so I walk out and get on the, I go on the fire escape and go down and leave. I mean, cause I'm, <laughs> it works for me. Um, and I, I walk back to my vehicle, which is in a parking ramp, um, about at most a 15 minute walk. Um, and there was nothing, no, no place that I stopped. I don't remember anything cat about the walk back. Like I don't remember looking back at the building. I don't remember any people that I passed. I don't remember cars on the road. Um, but I remember getting to my vehicle and I'm like, wow, like it's, dusk like it is late and um you know i think i i don't i i'm sure i have the slip yet from when i checked out of the parking ramp but uh from the time that i arrived to the time that i left a solid probably four to five hours passed versus what in reality at most should have been 90 minutes um and that's even stretching it like if it would have been that long because i know i arrived like um, you know, probably 20 minutes early for the, the meeting and got up there and then I was on time according to this lady. And then it, that was a 15, 20 minutes at most. And then I left and all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of this dusk and, and I, I drive home and, and the whole thing just never, it never registered to me. Like wh where did this time go? Um, and so yeah, I, I didn't have any feelings of dread. I didn't have feelings of anxiety. I didn't have feelings of, um, of really what had happened uh, until maybe, I don't know, a day or two later when I started to think back of all of these things that completely didn't make sense um, from a very analytical mind of like, well, first of all, <laughs> when I was inside that building, like there's no way they would have of had this thing um, so so difficult to navigate, like not in 2016, not in you know this this wood framed building. And um, why did I see these tools? And what was this guy all about? Because I mean, he was like a character off of a you know off of a set from an old time movie. And what was the whole personality thing about? I mean, it was 
it was, I just remember it was cool, but I'm like, it was so, it didn't fit the context of 2016. And then what was this message of telling me that it's his last day, but, but like, it wasn't the last day on campus. See, that's another thing. And it was, so I don't know, it was like a June 5th or 7th or something. So it didn't make sense for that to be like a last day. I think it was like a Wednesday too, or something like that. I mean, so I don't, I don't know. There were all these little pieces where I'm like, and, and this, 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 this discussion and the elevator ride was like, you know, two floors at most. I mean, I think the building's only three stories tall, but that took a long time. Like I remember we talked about a lot in the elevator, um, much more though. I, I mean, then that ride should have taken what 30 seconds at most. And I just remember we engaged in a lot of discourse, um, but nothing was like, he wasn't asking me about my dissertation or anything like that. It was, um, but yeah, this, this, this gentleman, and then he takes me down this hallway. The whole thing with the lady was mysterious. Um, the fact that I exit the building through this, this exit, which I don't think should have been there. I mean, I guess, Cat, maybe it, it was appropriate for 1898. It wasn't appropriate for 2016. Right. Um, it's interesting so, how he said that he w he was going to guide you down the hall to show you where the door was because you wouldn't be able to find it. Almost like you were maybe in a different dimension, and unless he was with you, you would never find it, and you'd be wandering forever. It was like that, and... The hallway was, it was a, a pretty wide hallway. Now, granted, I mean, there were, there was construction obviously going on on both sides of it, but it was almost like videos you would see of when people go into abandoned properties or here's an abandoned train station or something like that. And they're showing that it, it almost felt more like you're walking through an abandoned weathered place than something that was undergoing construction. And yeah, he, he wasn't, there was, he was just determined. I mean, he was like, no, you, you won't find it unless I show you where it is. And again, I mean, it was up, I don't know, 25, 30 feet. And then it was on my, my left. And I think the numbers were up above it. Um, but again, the numbers too weren't um, like modern there, there wasn't a modern plate, you know, like you'd have outside of a door saying this is the office of whatever. I think it was just right. like, you know, room 222 in bronze, you know, numerals that were nailed up above huh. this this wooden door. I mean, the split door, which is original to the billing, I have to assume. And and yeah, he is he takes me down. It's a very comfortable. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. You know, thanks. Um, I'm thinking and, and then he's He's gone, and um, and the fact that I, I get out of this, and I'm thinking, well, I'll just take the same way, the same way out that I came in. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, and you can't can, find the same way that you came. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was. It was gone. <laughs> I'm. I'm pulling back tarps, and I'm kind of looking, and no one's there. I'm <laughs> hearing work being done in the building. I'm still here. Smell, and and another thing with being a having the firefighter background is the fact that there was this, this dust in the air, dust is highly um, explosive. So like green explosions, green, oh, greeneries yeah. and things like that. Very, very common in, you know, even nowadays, but especially in the old days that there would be these, these ignitions of this dust and it would blow up these, you know, 
grain mills and things like that. So I'm thinking, oh, like this is this whole filtration thing is there's I don't see any filtration and whatever. And I'm hearing saws. I'm smelling wood. And but yet, you know, I come out, there's not like a speck of sawdust on me or on the bottom of my shoes. And I mean, I'm not. That's amazing. You know, I, I should have been. I, that was something too. Like walking out of there, I was thinking, I'm going to be filthy. Like this is, uh, <laughs> clothes right. are going to be a mess. My <laughs> hair and all of that. And I was like, walk, you know, I walked out and I, everything was was fine, I, I guess. I mean, um, so yeah, I, so the, for me to tell the story, it's, I wanted to tell it, and um, it, it's exciting because I guess to me this this is completely authentic, and I believe it's also authenticated by the timestamp of the when I entered the garage and when I exited the parking garage. Right, so yeah. that that document, um, and I do still have that because that was claimed on taxes because I had my um, itemized taxes. So actually, that document. Um, I still have. So that isn't in dispute, the, the time that I entered and the time that I exited. So um, that brings up more questions in my mind of like, what exactly did happen during these, you know, five, six hours? Yeah, where the, um, where the heck did you go? <laughs> and all I and I can't I, I don't have any I don't dream about things. I don't have any memories. Um, but I'm, and something too is like, the more I do, I work in safety, the more I work in research and I start to get into things like string theory and Mm -hmm. and parallel universes and the fact of, um, you know, some of Stephen Hawking and Einstein. And if, if there was time travel, maybe time travelers could, could enter from a you know the the future in 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 back now and and things like that and if I, all of these these things like I'm open to like I, I'm much more open to so I'm like I I'm wondering in the whole thing of the spirit world and um, you had on was it Eilina? Um, Eilina, yeah, yeah. So I listened to that interview, loved it. Listened to her on some other shows also was very impressed and you know where i'm thinking if she was there she'd be able to say like this is exactly what's happening david like this is exactly what um you know there's a portal or there's there's been a disturbance to the you know the burial site and and this had been here since you know they said ancient times they i did some research that these these burial mounds have been there since the time of the egyptian pyramids they were basically about the same time frame hmm. um so you know i'm trying to piece all of this together in my mind of saying okay like um if i went through this what was the purpose what was the purpose of this this man um and what what does this mean also for me, <laughs> like, um, I remember watching the movie, I think it was, um, the Philadelphia experiment or something like that, but yep. it was, it was basically during world war two, uh, alleged that they, they put 
this um, magnetic, you know, the, the thick wires around a, a ship in Philadelphia, and they basically made it disappear through some magnetic portal. Yeah, I think they're trying to cloak the ship, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in, in, in a, you know, one of one of the reports was it had horrific outcomes, like it, the ship reappeared and and sold or sailors were like you know encased within the metal of the ship and yeah. and things like that and and they could never do this again and um but i'm you know i'm i'm very open you know we our senses are are very restricted i mean we we have we have smell we have we have sight but i mean there's so much spectrum that we don't take in um where like someone like i, I lead it right race yes mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, would would take in maybe some things that are happening in other dimensions. Um, so, Kat, what do you think happened to me? Well, first of all, I wanted to know: Do you recall the gentleman? His his English was it more like a modern English that he was speaking? Because you know, English changes like it it, it evolves. So, was he speaking more uh, like an old town, like someone from the eighteen hundreds, or do you even recall that? I, uh, I, I, he was pretty formal, um, and I would say his 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 vernacular was was probably more. I, I would place him more eighteen ninety eight than two thousand sixteen. Right. Um, I mean. Even too, like there was there I remember there was no reference to anything like the dissertation or like a thumb drive or anything or even like the elevator. I don't know, it just seemed like a odd experience, like as he's in there and he's kind of like figuring this out as 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 we're talking. Um but yeah, I I, I would think his, his the, the vernacular how he was talking to me represented probably more closely, you know what what somebody with um, attending college you know that that was educated in the Midwest more turn of the century. Yeah, it sounds to me like you said there's about forty still there of the effigies on the campus. Or yeah, the, 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 they've identified. Apparently, there are there are new ones. You know, like periodically they'll they'll come across it. It become pretty faint, um, but they did. You know, at that specific location, um, there was a a significant one. Um, that it was at that point the highest hill in in Madison, and they had flattened it to you know put this this building, building on top. Yeah. But yeah. So it does have the most effigy mounds. Plus in front of the building was the first cemetery. And, you know, while they say they relocated burials, we know that's only somewhat accurate because they did find these two burial. And, and there's pictures actually at the university um, archives. And I looked and they had, you know, the men, you know, with their, their hands crossed, you know, they were both skeletons. Uh, but they didn't know that they were there. They were they were doing some work toward the front of the building, and that's how they discovered them. I mean, they weren't searching for these bodies. So um, I've I've also done some research recently, and people have said they've seen these two men. Um, people have also said late at night they hear the sound of construction 
workers within Bascom Hall. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, you know all, all about that. Uh, and I never saw anybody um, construction. And, and today everybody is, um, you know, the fluorescent yellow and, and the bright orange and yes, all of that. and The and, safety vests and, yeah. And how would you even enter a building um, from another safety perspective of having, you know, a, a your, your headquarters of your university open for anybody to walk in, in, in a time of just, net, you know, security, because this was 2016. So just having secured entrances, it wasn't, I, I didn't come across anybody until I came across, or the mysterious man approached me offering assistance. And then I have this, this short encounter with this, this lady who, you know, we, it checks me off and, and I'm gone. And those are the only two people in the whole building. And it, it should have been a really busy time too. And again, I don't, there's not a worker, there's not a power cord. Hmm. To me, it sounds like you were no longer in 2016. I, I agree with that. I, I don't remember outside of that computer monitor, um, which also seemed really weird that it was, was, was in this room where everything else was, was kind of just the wooden or the two small wooden chairs and, and this weird split door. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember anything that was, was modern. Um, and again, this, this overwhelming, the smell of this, that, that wood and hearing the saws, but they weren't, you know, it wasn't electric sauce. It was, saws. you know, the back and forth of a hand yeah. saw, um, which I do at the time. I, I, I just checked it off in my mind as, well, you know, this is being done because these old buildings are, the stuff has to be customized, but I'm like, <laughs> that's, yeah. I, I don't know. My mind quickly, I, I think, you're, I, I think my mind just didn't want to accept what was going on and and just quickly rationalized it. Um, and maybe there was enough there that was familiar that I didn't go into like a panic mode or like a, almost like a thought of chaos or something like that. But yeah. it, the whole thing was just like, it was odd. It wasn't normal. Um but but at the same time, I felt totally like everything would work out. Um, I wasn't panicked. Even like when I left the building or I left that office and then I couldn't find my way out, I was just like, just thinking, David, you're, you're come on, get it together, man. <laughs> What's the deal here? Because you'd think if there was that much construction, first of all, they wouldn't have anyone going into that building because it's too dangerous. But if they would, you'd think they would have clearly marked your your route to where you're supposed to go because, you know, it's not safe with all the construction. I I completely agree. And that and that was baffling to me. I mean, I'm looking for anything that's a marker, um, anything that's signage and even, you know, portable signage. Nothing exists, um, which, which I it, it was, again, baffling to me, Kat, because um, from a safety perspective, in 2016, I don't even know with OSHA requirements why that wouldn't be permitted. <laughs> I just right. get done doing 
a study, like I'm an expert on this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> walking certain into codes it. and everything that has to be followed. And <laughs> yeah, it, and I'm walking into to this, you know, this this main primary building on a massive campus, and and nothing is logical. Um, nothing is 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 logical to that entire process outside of the computer screen. Um, and and this this you know this this person interacting with me, um, saying your formatting and stuff looks good, and but outside of that, leaving off a fire escape. I mean, I think I went <laughs> I went back. I think the next time I was on campus and I looked, and even that seemed. I looked at that fire escape, and it seemed really weird that I was even able to do that. Like I looked at it from the outside. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back in the building, but I did look at it. I walked around um, the building and there's a path and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's, that was kind of weird too, that I went down that way. Like that seems like, even like me, like I would have opened that door and been like, yeah, this, it was very doable, but I mean, no, I shouldn't go down this. It's, I kind of play by the rules. Like I'm sure they don't, (laughs) no one's (laughs) who's just completed their PhD to claim down their fire escape. Um, have you ever so, heard of any other people having weird experiences like that? Um, through the various articles I've read online recently. So, you know, just we're talking maybe like the last week as I started to to get more information for the show, right. you know, like the the history of the building and things. People saying that they have seen apparitions, have seen... Um, there, there was um, a family from, I want to say, China, and they were touring the that building, and one of the family members um, urged the others to quickly leave, and then once they exited, had told them that he or she had seen um, an apparition or a spirit right. um, watching them, and, and that's why they had left. Um, people have taken photographs and have had apparitions appear in photographs above where the two men would have been buried or, or re-buried, I guess. Um, but then again, you know, we're talking that whole thing is, is a, um, at one time, you know, was an effigy mound and then also did have that panther effigy mound in front of it, which was destroyed. So there's been some of that, and it's been kind of like this this well-known, long-time thing per the articles I've read of of the of the sounds in Bascom Hall, and actually that whole area, which is Bascom Hill, of of sightings of um, you know bizarre things showing up in pictures of mediums um, getting the the sense of spirits, and I think I read an article too, where someone was claiming that there were many portals in areas on the hill. Now that I don't know much about, but this was someone that was identifying that there were several active portals. Um, so yeah, it's definitely it's a hot well spot. known in the lore. But yeah, I, I didn't, I mean, I never knew about it when I was down there. And it's nothing that would have... Um, made me nervous, I guess, either. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and this was during, during the day. Uh, again, we're talking, you know, maybe two o'clock. So in, in sun, 
you know, full sun. This isn't like a stormy day where there's, you know, this electromagnetic event that's going on also or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it definitely is a hot spot. And because the whole campus is a hot spot, um, too, you know, that's that's been pretty well documented. Um, this this building I'm describing is is located just up from what's called the science building, which has three foot thick um, brick or, or stone walls. It was one of the first fireproof three story buildings. I don't know when that was put up, 1870 or something like that, because the previous one had burned down. But that's where they did. That was the medical school up until like the 50s. So they would, you know, have many bodies there yeah. also. So that building is said to, you know, have its its own um, energy that goes with it. I've, you know, I, I've never encountered any. I have haven't encountered anything in that building. I really, when I walk by it or anything like that, I mean, it, it does look very, you know, gothic and things like that. But, um, but it was again. It, it, I what I grapple with probably um, the most in this would be the passage of time that I can't account for. It, it was totally. Um, it, it totally was nonsensical in every aspect for that to happen. I mean, yeah. Um, I would love to go to that campus. Just investigate it for a few days. Yeah, people also have, have identified through EVPs and other, you know, measures, um, you know, activity on campus. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of it has been centered again to that area. Um, and yeah, it, it is, so it, it's hard with an empirical mind. I mean, because I need to be scientific in my work Yes. <laughs> to, to, to say to somebody, um, by the way, you know, this happened <laughs> to me, like I experienced this and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything because I, I, I don't know. I mean, it didn't fit the narrative of like what, you know, who's going to really believe that. But then again, I do have some evidence to substantiate this, this, this time um, that I can't account for, which I think strongly contributes to, to what I'm telling you. Um, and then, you know, this, this whole history of, of the building and the fact of, I do this research later and I'm, and people are saying, oh, yeah, you know, we've heard late at night construction tools from, you know, years gone by and things like that. People doing construction in the building. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I had I can orient myself anywhere. Like I know, you know, I run at night, oh. it's, you know, I complete. So, you know, completely dark or the, the moon's not. I know where I am. I mean, no matter where I'm at, I, I can say that's east, west, north, south. Um very aware of your surroundings yeah it's it and that's you know that's part of my training too exactly. situational awareness yep. and environmental awareness and the fact that in 10 feet i was completely lost like i wouldn't have been able one of the things in safety um numerous studies have indicated that people will try to exit a building the same way they came in 
when there's an emergency situation. So if people like, you know, enter a theater and there's an exit sign to their left, like 10 feet away, and there's a fire in the theater or something like that. Um, Instead of going out that exit, they'll like try to weave their way all the way back through where they bought the ticket and through the front door that they came in because that's what they're familiar with. And people are so ingrained with, I leave the way that I came in. Right. And for me, like when I knew when I was, was 60 seconds into the building, that option was gone for me. I, I had no way to, to take, you know, 18 steps backward and be back where the front doors were. They were gone. They weren't there. I couldn't, I couldn't find them. I, so I just kept going forward, but forward was like, not, I, I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> I'm going through these weird, narrow passages. I'm, I'm, I'm also seeing the, the blocking off of doors and stuff in a way that seems very crude to what would be done in a modern way. Like I'm seeing like wood nailed over these doorways. Huh. Um, and I'm thinking too, like that's pretty damaging to a historical yeah. structure to, yeah. to do that. I mean, isn't there like a yellow safety tape you could do or, piece <laughs> of, you know, cardboard that, you know, whatever. And, and every, and, and nothing had color. That was the other part. I could see. I could see. I remember very distinctly that light, um, and it, it does. I don't. It, it. I just recall it as sunlight. I don't think it. I, I. It wasn't fluorescent light. It was. It was like the sunlight, and then it had um, all of those specks. It's like sometimes when when I don't know when I was growing up, the um, they had these door to door salesmen for um, vacuum cleaners. Mm-hmm. I remember once this this one came to our house and um, took out the spotlight and was shining it like through the house and it would show the dust that was naturally in the house. Yes. And it was it was like that. It was like that, except even like even more opaque, more thick. Um, so that, I mean, that was all around me. Like, I'm almost like swimming through this, this stuff. It's just like encapsulating me. And um, I'm just hearing the, the tools and that's, I'm, I'm hearing the workers. I'm not seeing anything. I, I don't know where I'm at. And again, from where the exit was, that, that fire escape to the entrance, it should have been a lot of, um, I should have had to traverse a lot of territory to get there. And I don't remember, again, that at all. To me, like, it seems I only went in the building so far. And then that mystery man helped me find this elevator. We somehow got up to whatever floor I needed to go to. He takes me to this room. And then I walk 25 feet to this door and open it up. And there's this fire escape and I'm gone and the layout of the, the building it's a large building. It's, it, it just doesn't make sense either that it could have happened that way. Uh, Do you recall having any feelings of dizziness or headaches or um, just, just like you're almost entering. Sometimes you enter a room and you can feel it on your skin Um I can't even choose my words correctly here. But what what sensation did you have when you entered the building? 
Um, like that's almost a great question. Like almost like changing atmospheres. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, or do you even recall? I I don't recall, except I I remember immediately just observing that boy this this doesn't seem i mean right i mean when i say right like a 2016 right is like things weren't marked and yeah. I'm, I'm being pushed through you know having to go through very narrow weird passageways there's way too much exposed wood like this is immediately a fire hazard um but i, I didn't feel i mean every there was enough light even though it was opaque um and I guess I felt if I just kept moving, I would I would find where I needed to go. Although, like, I had this gentleman not come out, I wouldn't have found this. And he told me, too, like, it was the only way up. I remember that. And I'm like, an elevator? Well, how do you get out of here? That can't be, this can't be right, though. Like, there's got to be stairs, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you can't, but there the stairs were boarded off and that was another part that really baffled me because i'm thinking well then everything's got to be shut down they can't have people up there because obviously it's not per code if there's a fire but i remember he said this was the only way up <laughs> and i'm like oh hmm. it would know. be very interesting to see because you said that some people had some apparitions show up on their photographs it would be really interesting to see if you could see some of those photographs and you spot the same gentleman that you were talking to yeah, I, I I wasn't able to find any through an online search, you know. So these have been referenced in articles that people have have, have taken these these pictures, and I haven't been able to find also the p images of the two gentlemen um, that were buried in front of the building, uh, because one of them was a worker at the Capitol. Although, like, I wouldn't expect the formal dress. Like this, to me, this would have had to have been someone who was affiliated with the university you know like maybe back at that time and more of a professor or administration type mm -hmm. role that building was kind of like everything when the university first started like you know, the students would stay there the you know all the administration was there the the classes were all taught there so to me this has to be somebody i that would be very interesting to go through like archives of photos of you know, yeah. people who would have worked in the building. Um, I because they I, have those anyways. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure if I saw the image, I'd be like, that's, that's the person. Um, because yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm just pretty sure I'd be able to identify that. And I, it's almost like the material, I have a wool, wool peacoat and it was spring. So like my peacoat was put away, but to him, like looking at this guy's stuff, I'm almost like, thinking i think that's wool dude i think oh. i think you're wearing like a like a wool like and he it was um it was a suit but it also had a vest so and yeah so i'm i'm looking at at, at that and i'm just thinking either this guy's a really sharp dresser <laughs> i'm like that's a cool look you know not a lot of people can pull that off <laughs> but you do especially yeah for for someone who's manifesting from another era but uh yeah, and and just this this weird comfort from him, like I've 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 got you, like I've I've you know I've got you back here, like I'm get you to where you need to go, and 
and this really strange, you know, getting off instead of just like him saying, oh, it's just like down and then right there, like look up above is the 222 on the door or whatever, which I think he could have done. Like, yeah, most people in this day and age, I find that's what they do. They just kind of orally give you directions. They don't physically take you there. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure like getting off of the elevator – like, I was visually able to see that door from that stamp. I didn't know it until he took me there. But, like, from that vantage, like, he could have pointed and said, okay, right there, 222, have a great day. But, no, it was, I have to take you up to this door. Now, this this whole split door thing, too, it was, I never went back. And maybe it is that way genuinely, but I'm, like, I, I, it made no sense to me either, like, why a door like that would exist today. Like, I'm like, I've, this was just weird. Um, you know, wouldn't, wh- why would you have this door? Um, this, I, I, uh, If ever so, you go back to the building, you have to let me know. I, I'm going to go back. I mean, cause I, I periodically, you know, return to campus. Um, and I'm going to go through, the the building and I'm go, I'm going to go through my notes and document the room that I needed to go to and really do some serious um, objective observation of like how long did it take me to get from here to here mm-hmm. and and you know uh, try to account for some of that but I so I guess Kat one of the things have you have you heard of experiences like this before in your research or people sharing things? And if so, like one of the things I think about more is, is there something that I, that what I'm thinking either one of two things maybe happened, like because all this activity was happening in the building and it was unsettling to that whole environment, which had already gone through some substantial, um, uh, damage, you know, with with the leveling of the the mounds and and the the ripping out of people from burial sites or the forgetting of people in sites and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, the settlers. So either that was disrupted, and and I'm in the midst of all of that, or was this like just something that I'm more receptive to because I don't remember any other time in my life when I'd had any encounter any observation i've never taken a photo and had something show up in it which i've questioned and but i mean here i'm like this is massive i mean this is this is this is literally walking into um another time uh losing um hours um meeting people that in these that Again, this this really weird. I'm, why would somebody tell you? You know, it's my last my last day, <laughs> and I'm, I'm you know, and some of these these vague things, and um, and and the, again, the the whole tone, like very helpful, very cordial, which is something I guess I can only imagine. Like at that time, people if the university setting would have acted that way, like the mannerisms fit, mm-hmm. I guess would be what I'd say. If, if I was to go into some museum or something and they're like, here's, you know, an 18, 
98-ish university, whatever, and the way that they would, you know, greet you and, mm. and things like that. I'd be like, okay, like this this fits for freshman orientation. But um, I've definitely I, heard of these situations before. I've never actually spoken to someone. Um, okay. Yeah, but I've definitely heard heard about them. So what, what do you what do you think um, what do you think I guess happened? I definitely think, and, and I'm no pro, I'm no expert on this, but I definitely think because it's a hot spot to begin with with all those effigies, and with the construction just kind of stirred things up, and um, there's all that energy, and I firmly believe that you did step into some sort of form of a portal. Okay. The, re the research I've done, I kind of can, you know, brings me to that, um, to that point too, of, of like just stepping into the setting, but in a, in a different place in time. Um, and again, how, how, it, even as I say this, like the, the, the words sound weird to say, like I'm measuring the words as I say this, because I'm like, well, come on, you're a researcher, like all of this and whatever, 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 this shouldn't, this, this, there's no way this really happened. But then again, I can pull out a parking slip that has four to five hours, which totally are unaccounted for. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I've, I've, I've had that. And, and, you know, again, I, and I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to go back. I, I don't have any hesitation to walk into the building. Um, I, I, I don't feel it was a bad experience. Like I don't, I, I, I'm not freaking out. Um, except the fact that it was again, very vivid. Um, and, and just and so many things don't fit a narrative. Um, and then also for me, like what, in, what, how has this changed me? I guess I, I don't have an answer to that. I don't even know where to examine something like that yeah nothing to reference it with no i don't know if this if this subtly or overtly reveals some perception <laughs> that maybe exists that um uh i can i i can access a little more that or also um you know is, is there some lasting consequence or you know, negative or positive of something like this um, on a person. You know, again, we go back to that Philadelphia experiment. Mm -hmm. If if that was authentic, then you know, what were the effects on the the you know people that were subjected mm. to that? Some kind of wondering. But again, you know, no, nobody was out to harm <laughs> harm me or anything like that. I mean, I didn't see any red eyes staring at me or anybody. <laughs> threatening me or anything like like that but um kind of makes I me this, go oh, ahead yeah. no go ahead well i said I, I had the strange feeling though the whole time i was there like i was very very um uh alert for any signs of like smoke or fire like that's probably part, due part to of training, your training but, yeah um i you know i i think also the the setting though was just like um you know one of the things you you always know your exit no matter where you're at and mm. whether you're in a crowd or something like that. I mean, it's just, it's natural for people. And I, I had no 
situational. I had no physical awareness of my exit. I didn't, I didn't know that that thing down at the end of the hall was an exit. I thought that might lead me into, I was just kind of testing. I mean, there was no one there to tell say, don't, don't try that door. Yeah. And, and it just happened to be the door that led me out of the building. Uh, so yeah, so. Makes me wonder if that gentleman was a, like a guardian and there would be like a portal that was open for a brief time and it was getting ready to shut and he's there to make sure that no one's getting lost. It totally makes sense to me, Kat. Uh, he, he seemed very, like I said, his, his role seemed much more of a, like conductor on a train. Someone mm-hmm. who is there to account for people. I guess I had more of a feeling of that from him mm-hmm. than someone who is a, a you know, a, a business person walking out of a business office just happened to see me, you know, go by. And then, you know, it, again, it was much more of, of this person that was, was there with this purpose that was very centered to me. Um, and, and again, when we got off the elevator of taking me, directly to this door and then you know he's gone and that shouldn't have been i mean there wasn't enough time passage you would have heard the footsteps too the footsteps i mean the guy didn't run off on me and and so yeah so i you're right i think somehow he was was placed um there and and it's almost like he he it's almost like he knew me I mean he didn't know my name but it, it was very familial I guess like it like it'd be someone you know like maybe you would have would have had as a professor or something like that I mean and I never I get first encounter with this person ever but it was like someone I felt really comfortable like and, and like it, it just seemed like really easygoing and like hmm was was very um but yeah it was weird when we got off the elevator i'm kind of like dude i got it from here i got it (laughs) (laughs) nope nope you'll never you'll uh, trust me you know and and uh so did you have any physical contact like shaking hands or you know how sometimes i think i did i think i did i'm pretty sure like that's my that's kind of my how i would do things i'm i'm pretty sure i i shook a hand Mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm almost positive. I, I think I, I did that with him. Um, and yeah. And again, we, you know, we, we did have this, this whole dialogue, which I know, you know, again, reflecting back and it was, was, was way too long for the, the amount of time right? yeah. we would have theoretically had together. Hmm. And, and that this dialogue too was, was very much, nothing was current, nothing was current. Not that it was like talking about 1898, but I mean, it was a very, it was a dialogue that would have fit into 1898. And yeah, I, hmm. so it's amazing for me to have experienced this because I, I never thought that day. So, you know, one of the things I, I know from, my work in safety and also expert witness and, and things. If people anticipate things, they they can perceive those things. For example, you know, if somebody walks into a place that they expect to be haunted 
and it's Halloween and it's all foggy out and things like this. And they hear a creak. Well, you know, creaky noise. They're thinking that's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for, for me, I wasn't primed for any of that. I had no anticipation of anything. Um, so that, you know, that's ruled out. Like I didn't walk into the building expecting anything like that. If anything, I'm overjoyed. It's this beautiful sunny day and everything is just normal. And I walk in and, and instantly, boom, it, it flips. And, um, yeah, I, and I, I, I guess I don't, the, the, it's hard even to describe feelings. Like I, again, I, I remember I felt things would work out. Like I, I wasn't at a panic level or anything that I felt things would work out, but I, I felt very, very perplexed that I was unable to orient myself. Yeah. And, and that the building itself was not lending any cues to me to orient was, was, was really extraordinary because it just wouldn't have been the way things uh, would have been in 2016. And as, as you said, they would have closed the building under that level of renovation. Yeah. I did go or back. have markers. Like I've even been in old buildings that they're renovating and they even have uh, just a piece of paper that says exit and an arrow, yeah. you know, go down. <laughs> and you had nothing of that. I, I looked at the renovation. There, there were some photos taken of the 1898 renovation, and they were from the exterior. But from those photos, I was able to make a guess that the the renovation inside would have been really extensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have matched what I what I encountered, I guess, um, too. So like the photos taken from eight, the 1898 kind of match what actually I encountered that day. Um, so yeah, as, as someone again, who's, who's very empirical, um, your, your show has helped me, um, it, it, it's helped open my mind. Oh, I, I'm I, good. I would say. I'm happy. And, and again, you know, and the guest you've had, Ailita, um, and and overall, you know, Jim Jim Mallard and and his his show and his guest and listening and understanding. Yeah, there there are many things out there which are beyond, I guess, what would be traditional objective science. But really, what is that? I mean, I'm not even sure what that means anymore. Um, <laughs> But this was this was a, a. I'm glad it happened. Like, I, I, if anyone would say, boy, that sounds like that was a horrible thing to have to <laughs> have in your mind for the next forty years of your life or whatever. I'd be like, well, no, not. I don't. It's not like that at all. Um, it's. I guess if anything, I would say I feel. Um, I feel. I feel glad. It happened. Like glad I had that experience, and maybe at some point that experience is going to be something that I'm going to look back upon, or or, or has prepared me for something that's going to be a different experience in the future. Um, I remember, I remember back. Oh, it was it was before that, but it was 2012. Um, my my dad came down. 
and was going to help me uh, trim my trees in my yard, which he had done every year. And he was here and um, was having chest pains and then started to sweat and, you know, took him in on the, the couch and then he's, you know, having shortness of breath and obviously, you know, the signs of a heart attack. Yeah. And, you know, guys physically fit and all of this. So um, call 911 and, and police arrive and the ambulance and things like that. And, and they, they ask me, where do you want to have him taken? So there's, you know, basically two hospitals in, in Madison that you have the choice from. So I, I pick the one. And, and then I remember driving down after the ambulance tears out and I'm driving and I have no idea on this drive of, to, you know, 50 minutes from where I live to, to get to where the hospital is of whether he's alive or not. Oh. And so I don't know if he's died and, and I don't, and then I actually, when I show up too, like they kind of redirected me because I went to the wrong area. I mean, I wasn't at the hospital before, so it was kind of unfamiliar to me. Um, it wasn't like the 1898 thing though, but, um, <laughs> but I remember after that and, and thankfully they, they did the, the stint and, and, you know, went through the, the vein and everything turned out fine. And, and there was no, damage from the heart attack and he's oh, very good. active and continues to live an active life with my mom today. But the feeling I had during that one hour or that 50 minute drive of not knowing, I, it was kind of like almost surreal. Like I felt like, well, if he has passed, you know, like this, this drive is preparing me for when I get there, like how I'm going to react and mm -hmm. things like that. And, and the, the weird thing is I'm, I'm, I'm just bringing that up because the feeling was very similar when I was in the building at Bascom Hall. Like I felt, thinking back, I felt like I was being prepared for something. Like when it would happen, like I would be able, I, I would know how to handle it. Like I would I'd be logical about it. I would be able to process it. Like it was, so it, I, I don't know if that makes any sense. And I don't even know if saying it makes any sense, but there's. <laughs> it there's, makes sense. <laughs> okay, there's two <laughs> really strong parallels in those two feelings for me. And again, I'm, when I'm driving down back in 2012 on, on the highway, I'm driving down and, you know, in everything, radio's off and everything. I'm just thinking. And um, I, I, just, I just remember I was very, my mind is processing and, and you know, well, if this, if this has happened, then here's going to be the next, you know, steps. And I wasn't crying. I wasn't. It was very like this whole thing of two, you're going to get through this and, and you know, the, the end and um, you'll know what to do. And again, that feeling was very close, very similar to that feeling inside of Bascom Hall hmm. of this, this uncertainty. Yeah. And yet like, well, even if it is a negative outcome, which I don't know what the negative outcome could have been there, but maybe there was the potential for a very negative outcome. Um, who knows? I mean, you could just, you know, something isn't blocked off and you fall or, or, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, those feelings are very similar. And so those align in my mind, but again, I don't know what the application is. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Kat. I'm not, I'm not freaked out. I'm, 
I'm actually thankful this happened. I, I don't think this diminishes me as a scientist. Um, oh, no. no. I, and maybe that was why I just didn't, I, I don't know if I wasn't, I don't, I, w- I don't know if I would say I was reluctant to talk about it as much as I just wrote it off in my mind, which is pretty Most people normal. do that. Yeah, in, in, in events of cha- uh, chaotic events, like people at nine at nine eleven, I studied the the um, events on Lower Manhattan during nine eleven, mm-hmm. and that was part of in my dissertation. But you know, a lot of people don't remember they 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 get into such a state of chaos out of their Taurus. Their Taurus is your similar everyday thing of I get up and I know I'm going to kind of do this and your days are similar. They're not the same, but they're similar. Mm-hmm. But something happens that moves you way outside of that, like 9-11. Um, people just kind of operate in that mode, but then they don't they don't really remember. They just kind of function. And, and to it kind of felt like that's what I was doing. I, I just I got quickly moved out of my Taurus 10 feet into the building and then I just functioned. I did what I had to do I kept looking for places. I kept whatever, but again, had this guy not come out and and found me, and, and I don't and like, cause it's like I don't remember him walking up to me. I he really don't appeared. remember him. I, I don't yeah. remember a door opening <laughs> and this guy comes out, and in back I'm seeing like the copy machine and stuff. I don't remember that. I just remember like all of a sudden in one or two steps he's there, and you might still he, be wandering the halls if it wasn't for him. <laughs> I I don't I can't I I don't know how I don't logically I'm you know if I if I had a pen and paper and I'm trying to sketch this out I don't I don't know where I would even draw like here's the place I should have tried to get out because I couldn't find where I came in from and of course this elevator he has to like unveil this elevator to me which makes no sense um, so yeah I. I don't know, um, but again, I'm, I'm thankful. Anybody who has any insight to this or anything you think of, um, and to add meaning to it, to add reflection. And I, I guess one of the things I wanted to do too, Kat, is to encourage people um, to share um, things that maybe not maybe, but don't fit a conventional uh, scientific narrative. Mm-hmm. But I guess even that term to me, I think the more I look into the work of like Einstein and Stephen Hawking and stuff is I, 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 I'm not sure this wasn't scientific. I'm not sure that this wasn't empirical, but there just weren't the means to yet in existence to measure really what happened. And maybe there, those means will be developed. I mean, you know, now we have people who capture EVPs and through you know photographs there are some things that have been captured so maybe it's it's something that through technological means will be accessed 200 years from now people will be going and able to see yeah. <laughs> what i experience i don't know yeah. it would be interesting if whoever listens to this this particular episode if others have had experiences similar to yours if we could find out about it i would i would be fascinated by that i Oh my goodness! I yeah. If anyone has, please email me at paranormalheart13 at gmail dot com, and um, yeah, we'll definitely relay 
the message to you as well, David. That would be really <laughs> fascinating. So yeah, again, if you ever go back to that building, you have to let me know how that went. I will. I will. I, I do. I do plan to go um, back uh, before long. I do have, you know, different reasons to go to go back to uh, campus, and I am going to be very objective in kind of measuring my footsteps and and things like that. Um, I'll be glad to to share that back with you. Yeah, maybe maybe ask maybe ask people too if uh, hey you ask someone I encountered this guy a couple of years ago. This is what he looked like. You know, do you know where he is? I want to thank him for for helping me find my way in the building. So maybe others will say, oh no, that's that's our local ghost, or they could say, oh yeah, that's Henry. That I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean the the fact that it was. <laughs> You know, I, I can identify the the date. I mean, I can go back and look and identify the date and say, you know, this person said that they were this was their last day. Yeah. There there definitely would be people um, who would remember somebody who had their last day, especially somebody like that who was very formal and seemed very much like fitted to the building. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if somebody hmm. if somebody stops and says. Um, <laughs> What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That was. You've just described. Uh, you just described Henry and. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, that's a great idea, Kat. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, David, we are at the end. And before I let you go, why don't you tell us where we can find you? Yes, uh, I can be found at safetyphd.com. So safetyphd.com has all my contact information. I have a uh, podcast called the Safety Doc Podcast, and I do a blog post along with every podcast. So every po a podcast will release every one to two weeks, different aspects of safety. And kind of talked about that at the start of the show. But again, safetyphd.com, all my contact information and my various posts and, and um, my I, my um, podcast is there, and then I also do it in, in video, so that's that's yeah. there also. Great. Well, thank you so very much, David, for being on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you. I, I did too, and and I am I am left now of <laughs> with, with trying to to piece all of. I I can't wait to actually listen to this um, because I I almost have some some weird sense that when I listen to this, I'm going to hear things that even I am are going to be revealing to me. So I guess I'm, I'm really excited for that. It might make you remember a few things that you just, yeah. you know, yeah. I think so. Hmm. Well, thank you so much. And I, again, I appreciate your show. Um, I, 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 you know, download, um, love your, your guest and just uh, continue to, to make it available to everybody. Thank you, David. I love your podcast as well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Will you take care? I will. Thank you, Kat. You're welcome. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions or comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com.
paranormal heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 